morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bread and Grace, the Recovery Hour. This is Bill and Tanisha. And once again, we are proud and privileged to bring you quality information, hopefully revelation as well. But I, we would be remiss if we got off to the cosmos without first shouting out to our sponsors. Shout out to the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative that's designed to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health or substance use disorders and that look like us on the inside or the outside. I'd also like to shout out our fearless leader, Commissioner Darwin Williams, the tip of the spear, who, man, without her tutelage, without her leadership, without her commitment, we probably wouldn't be here doing this today. Also like to shout out to Hurricane Maine and Cat One Entertainment, which is the platform that we're on. Um, without him, we probably wouldn't be doing this like this. So with that being said, today we have a real treat because today my co-host is getting ready to fly the ship. Yay! Tanisha, take it away and say, say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land. Hello, everyone. And I'm just excited to present our partners here in recovery in Rockdale to talk to you all today about advocacy. I'm really excited to uh, do this show with you all today. So I just want to talk about this because, you know, this is, this is a time in the beginning of the year where we usually walk into Mental Health Day at the Capitol. We usually have ARAD, which is Addiction Awareness Day at the Capitol. And so, you know, I think it's very important, especially with us having just celebrated one of the world's most well-known advocates, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, he stood for a specific cause, but we also have a cause that we, we are fighting for as well, which is mental health and substance use and erasing that stigma. So uh, without further ado, I want to give our guests a chance to introduce yourself and tell why you think it's important um, to live our recovery out loud. I'm going to start with you, Patricia. Okay, my name is Patricia Holcomb, and uh, I'm a recovering addict. And uh, the reason I think that uh, we should live our recovery out loud is because there's such a stigma on, um, you know, what an addict really is. And, you know, people think that somebody who's an addict is the person that's lying in the ditch somewhere or something, you know, or homeless or whatever. And people need to know that an addict could be anybody, you know, it could be your neighbor, it could be your doctor, you know, your lawyer, you know, it could be anybody and that, you know, nobody is uh, immune to this disease and that people need to be aware of it. And, uh, you know, if we let people know that, you know, there is recovery after addiction, then, you know, maybe more people will seek help. You know, they won't be afraid of what other people will say about them. They'll be like, okay, there's people who understand we can go and we can get help without being shunned by our community. You know, that's why I think it's important. Thank wow. you. Thank you, Patricia. That was very, very powerful. Steven, introduce yourself, tell the people who you are and why you have decided to live your recovery out loud. I'm Stephen Favreau. I've, um, I'm a recovering addict. And my main thing is I want to, you know, like you say, get rid of the stigma and, uh, you know, and, I have a family, well, I have a brother that's, you know, that's doing a lot of time right now. He's an addict. They was never given the opportunity that, you know, for, um, you know, never given the opportunity, you know, for recovery. You know, he's never given that chance. And, and right now he's doing, he's doing 10 years. And so that's, uh, I mean, he's not the only reason, but he, he is a big reason right now. And um, 
and I just it's just not it's not right. They 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 say addiction is a disease. You know, this is the only disease they put people in jail for. Wow, that yeah. is super powerful. Mr. Bill, you want to tell people why you have cho uh, chosen or decided to live your recovery out loud? Well, you know, for me, um, I, I, you know, I remember years ago seeing that the documentary, The Anonymous People. And, and when I was going through the trials and the tribulations and all that stuff that comes with active addiction and mental health challenges and criminalization and all that kind of stuff for a very long time, 50 years to be exact. And uh, I never heard freedom in my native language. I never heard about freedom in my native language. I heard about freedom in foreign languages and languages that I felt weren't realistic or obtainable for me. And, and, and as a result of that, I didn't think I was eligible for recovery. I didn't think I was eligible for change. I didn't think I was eligible. I was always one of those people that when I got to the jail, they said, send them to the bank. And, the, you know, send them to five, right? And, and where I come from, five is where it's just the worst place imaginable. You know, it's the place where they don't have air conditioners. The place is locked down. There ain't no TVs and everybody is wilding. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you go back there, you have to be about that life or else you can't even, they won't even send you back there. And today... I advocate for a lot of system change. Today, as I observe the, the accountability courts, which I was never eligible for, I see people, and, and to the point, I've seen all of y'all videos. <laughs> yes, the champions of recovery. Right. Yay! So that was one little thing for our listeners out there. And Tanisha's gonna tell you how you find those videos. But when I saw y'all videos, when I first came here, that was one of my goals. When I first came here to this town to start this project, I had a lot of videos. Nobody else had videos. And that was my goal. Other people that have videos. And now I'm on the screen where everybody else has videos. And, and I've got so many pictures. Uh, I've got pictures of Stephen at Mental Health Day at the Capitol. I got pictures of Tanisha A. Rad, Mental Health Day at the Capitol, doing the bop and all that. And so you guys are changing the world, changing and creating opportunities for people that we don't even know yet. And that's the reason why I do it, because I never want anybody to just go straight to the back without any other choices. Because the people in the back most likely won't come home. The people in the back have lost hope. They've lost conscious contact. They've lost their, their whole spiritual thing is in a negative trajectory. And, and I just don't want other people to not have the chance that we have at real recovery. So to me, it's worth putting myself out there, being transparent, letting, letting people know that recovery is possible. Yes, yes, I, I truly believe that too. And you know, it was important to me to live my recovery out loud because I remember when I was, in, you know, before recovery, I remember the time before recovery when I didn't know about recovery. I had never heard of it, you know, didn't know what recovery was. Um, yeah, I heard of AA meetings, I heard of NA meetings, things like that, but I never knew what recovery really looked like. I never saw, 
another person in recovery. You know, I just didn't bump into one, somebody, you know, in on the streets that said, hey, you know, I'm in recovery and you should try this life. So I'm interested to ask you all, you know, where did you first hear about recovery? Where were you introduced to recovery as you know it today? Because, I mean, I guess AA is not the only way of recovery. It's, it's multiple pathways in recovery. And, I, you know, I was introduced to recovery through you all, but I got to that road through the accountability course. So I'm asking you all, tell the listeners out there how you first discovered recovery or a different lifestyle that worked for you. I'm going to start with you, Stephen. Well, unfortunately, mine was through the courts also, but I don't know. If, I wouldn't say recovery. Um, you know, the the recovery program, I guess, was introduced to me, but I'd say, I'd say just through peers like Bill and, you know, and, um, and you know, and maybe Walter Nunley, some of the people you know in that was within the accountability course that really made me understand you know what recovery was because you know you, you nobody can make you do it. You gotta you know you gotta see people that that have what you want. So uh, so that's how I was uh, introduced to it. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Stephen. I agree with you, Stephen. And, and Stephen, you said something really powerful just now. And Tanisha, to piggyback off what you said. I remember meeting people who were in AA, but I didn't associate them with recovery. I associated them with sobriety, right? You know, and, and I, I met people who were, you know, I just, it was different. I, the holistic facet that today I understand recovery is, this this lifestyle that has all those dimensions and, and that is a way of life and a purpose and, and all of that that's blowing the doors off of recovery. You know what I'm saying? And to Stephen's point, I was in treatment at a place called the recovery place for two years. And when I got through, I didn't really know what recovery was. I knew what sobriety was. I knew what the color line was. I, I knew what not drinking or not smoking no dope was. But I didn't really understand what recovery was. I even knew what meetings were. I knew what the steps were, but I still didn't understand what recovery was until I got into this work and went to places and saw thousands of people in recovery at the same time. I saw people in recovery arguing about being in recovery bigger, if, if that makes sense, where people who had minimized recovery to sobriety were being ostracized by people who were living recovery out loud and whole and all of that. So, yeah, it is a bigger picture today for me as well. It sure is. I mean, it's much more than I could ever have imagined or thought it to be. Patricia, tell us about your first encounter or experience or understanding of recovery, being introduced to recovery. Well, in 1994, my husband and I were going through, we used to go through a divorce and I found myself with an open defects case, you know, and they were like, you know, you got to do this and that. So I sought out help through NA and uh, I went as long as my case was open. And once it was shut, of course, then I went back to doing what I was doing. Fast forward 30 years to 2014 and I found myself with a drug case against me that was, uh, you know, potential prison time. And uh, I had to either show the judge that I was clean and doing great, or I might go to prison and 
my options at the time were maybe get into drug court or to go into a in-house facility, you know, a living um, rehab. And um, so I was denied to go to drug court. So uh, my other choice was to find a rehab. So I went into a rehab and there I stayed for a year, graduated and, you know, was okay for a little while, but then, you know, found myself years later. I don't know how many years it's been since then, but yeah, found myself getting in trouble again in 2021 and uh, got into the drug court program. And this has been a program that is changing my life. Wow. And, and you know, Tanisha, to your point, and, and like I said, I had been sober for a couple of years and, and going to meetings and going to aftercare and doing all that kind of stuff. Hadn't really seen recovery with the, with the doors open. When I got the job working for the Opening Doors to Recovery Project, and I went to the new employee orientation, I met a guy there, and he's passed away, but his name was Charles Willis. And Charles Willis used to ride around with Larry and Ike from the CPS Project, and he did the trainings with them. And they came, and Nora had them come and do our new employee orientation, and that's when I met him. And I was saying to myself, I was sitting there watching him with them, and I was saying, I wonder what he's doing with those dudes. Because I know Larry and them was getting bread, man. I knew they was getting bread. Because I, I just, I was listening to the way they were talking. And they were talking like they were experts at something. And I know that Nora had paid them to come. And he's with them. And he's talking that talk kind of like them. And, and I was saying to myself, I, when we had lunch, I pulled him to the side and said, hey, man, let me ask you a question. What do you do? He said, man, I'm a certified peer specialist. I said, what is that? He said, well, no, no, you explained it to me. And uh, I, I told him, I said, well, I couldn't be one of those because I got a criminal history. He said, I got a criminal history as well. I said, well, let me get your number. And, and then later on in that training, I met Denise Hardy, who was with the Certified Peer Specialist Project. Mm-hmm. And she had, it was something about the way they talked. It was something about the way they moved. It was something about the way they were talking about recovery out loud. And I knew they were getting paid. I knew they were getting paid and I knew they had criminal histories. Uh, And I said, I need to look into this. And and when I looked into it and I found the CARES and I found the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network, and then I found that whole population of people because when I went to the training, oh man, that's that's when I was saying, man, hold up. There's a whole nother universe of people that I didn't know about. And these jokers get paid, man. You know what I'm saying? I said, I know I can monetize this, you know. So that's kind of the way it worked for me. Yes, yes. That's We're still how it, here. That's how I was when I first went to Mental Health Day at the Capitol and saw all the people down there at the depot. Yes. That was eye-opening for me. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out this vision and together we are stronger. Because we were just talking about how we were introduced to recovery. My next question to you all was, what does recovery mean to you today? 
I know I see it totally different from what my perception was in the beginning. I'm going to start with you, Patricia, because you were you were saying, um, you know, before in hindsight, what you thought recovery was or what what it was introduced to you is what does recovery mean to you today? Yeah, um, before it was just a means to stay out of jail. Today, it is a, um, you know, it's a way to change my life because I want to, you know, do something positive for the community, for myself, you know, because if I'm out there talking about my recovery, you know, to people that keeps me in the moment and keeps me on the right path. And I want to be an example to people about, you know, what recovery can be and how it can help you and that, you know, you can, you can recover, you know, we're helpless against our addiction, but we're not hopeless. And that, you know, there is hope out there for people. And I want to be that hope for somebody. So they don't have to go through what I've gone through. Maybe I can be, you know, maybe I can save somebody's life, you know, maybe I can keep somebody out of prison by sharing my story. And, uh, you know, I want to be an inspiration to somebody because I know there's something that I mean, God's got a greater plan for me. And it's not just to be uh, making cups, <laughs> you know, at the job I'm doing, you know, he wants me to be a voice. And I feel that I'm called to do that. And, uh, you know, hopefully through, you know, the programs that are going on in Rockville County that I can, you know, make that happen. You know, I can reach that dream, that goal, you know, because I, I got to find, I'm, I'm, I'm working towards my purpose. I'm working towards my why, you know, Bill always talks about what is your why, you know, and I'm trying to find out what my why is. And I think that is to be very active in the recovery community that is going on right now, because I could have been that person got sent to prison. You know, I'm grateful that I was given the opportunity to be in a program that kept me out of it. You know, I could be that I could have gone to prison for anywhere from three to 30 years, you know, and that's a scary thought, you know, I would like to help save somebody from having to go through that. So. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. And remind me later because the light bulb just went off for me. We were just talking, uh, me and Patricia was talking about purpose and everything. And just you saying something about making cups. I remember when I first met you and we were planning we were planning our first symposium in Rockdale and you were talking about doing shirts. So we need to get together and um, work through our purpose, you know? Yeah, I've got the equipment is still in the box. It's just been waiting for the right moment to open it up and, you know, put it to good use. That's right. We can put our voice on shirts and cups too. <laughs> uh, Steven, can you share with us uh, what does recovery mean to you today? Well, um, actually, when Patricia was talking earlier, it kind of reminded me like that I had got locked up, I'd say 15 years ago now. Um, I don't remember the year, but and put on probation and I was and I was clean for five years, five years, which is how long my probation was. <laughs> like, you know, back then, I guess recovery meant being off drugs. But, you know, but now it's obviously that didn't work. So this time around, I, I decided that I wanted to be more involved, more um stay connected and, 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 you know, and use my voice to help other people. It's a uh, recovery is just a chance at having, having a better life, you know, having something and doing more than just staying out of jail. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, I've said before that I always wanted to help people, and, you know, even while I was on drugs, I wanted to help people, but I never knew how. And this was a, uh, you know, and this is where I saw my end. I saw my, I saw a, uh, a chance where I could really do something positive, you know, for people like me. 
Thank you, Stephen, for sharing it. That's that's super deep because that's exactly how I felt when I first came into the accountability course or whatever I thought recovery was at the time it was being introduced to me. I thought it was about being sober. And basically it was presented to me as if recovery was having a rap plan or a toolbox to stay sober. (laughs) That was all I thought it was at the beginning. Okay. I just have to have a plan so that if I start to feel tempted that I don't drink again, you know, and now today it's not about that. It's about enjoying my life while I'm not drinking. It's about learning to, you know, just learning and growing and continuing to become a better me. It's about being well all together to, you know, love myself, feel good, you know, all the time without a drink or a drug. So today's just recovery has changed my whole outlook on every single thing, you know, even just the people that are around me. It's not just the drugs that can, that can be toxic. People can be toxic too. So I have to remove certain people from my life, you know? Yeah. And also the way you can interact with people. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That changed the whole bunch. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. you know, to, to your point, and, and I think now after having a little skin in the game, I remember when there was a time when I thought it was about sobriety. Then there was another time when I started to learn. But today, it's about creating a human tapestry. It's about creating this human net that's made out of human beings that have these, this, this it's like, um, like the Avengers. It's like finding people that are gifted and all of us become this force that show people something that is beyond human it's superhuman it's supernatural it's something and i don't mean supernatural like but i mean i mean mean, it's bigger than just i can't you know what i'm saying it's bigger than just the unaided will and and what it is it's we instead of me And, and and it's got so many different faces and so many different sets of hands and it speaks in so many different languages. And, and it's got so many different facets because some of it wears contacts. Some of it wears glasses. Some of it drinks Red Bulls. Some of it drinks iced coffee. Some of it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and there's something there's something in that net that can catch anybody before they hit the ground. And, and being part of creating that net and giving people the skills, resources, and support to be able to become part of it. That is, because uh, if you got one hand in somebody else's hand and one hand in God's hand, it's hard to do bad work, you know, because you become part of a spiritual tapestry, if that makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. We would like to take a moment to acknowledge some of our partners in recovery. We are appreciative partners of the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and would like to acknowledge them for providing peers with mental health resources and opportunities to become certified peer specialists in specific domains of their recovery. You can visit their website by going to www.gmhcn.org. We are also proud to be in partnership with the Georgia Council on Substance Abuse. 
They provide multiple recovery resources in the CARES Support Warm Line. You can visit their website by going to gasubstanceabuse.org. Earlier, we were talking about the times where we were at ARAD or Mental Health Day and things like that, right? Do you all remember or tell the listeners about a time where you chose to advocate, you know, for something that you believed in? And that could be, like we said, it could be something like Mental Health Day. It could be something just like our Champions of Recovery videos. Share with us that experience. Stephen, I'm going to start with you. Well, I just had a chance to talk with some people in jail that uh, that was I was really um, impressed with. There were a few that um, that that said, you know, you couldn't wait to get back out and use more. But then, but then there was, but I was really impressed with some people who, you know, and I, and you know, I know the odds, you know, I know the, the statistics and everything, and what people will, how many people go back to doing what they were doing. But I also know that that there's a lot of people out there who really want want to change, especially when they got a clear mind. And so, uh, I was able, I was given a chance to really talk with some people about not only the advantages of sobriety and, and, you know, and recovery, but the advantages of like resource court and, you know, the accountability court. And, you know, and, and that was, I don't know. I mean, I really actually, I just really enjoyed it. There was a chance to really get to talk to some people who, who were where I was, you know, a couple of years ago. And some of them have my contact number as soon as they're able to get out, they, you know, and hope, you know, hopefully we can continue on from there. Yeah, and I love that it's, that's such a humbling experience when we are able to interact with people who are in a situation where we have been and we have moved on from that, whether we find ourselves in that situation again or not. Because the thing is, one thing that I have had to realize in my recovery is that I can always end up back in that situation. And so I have to continue every day to live my life and do what I can to not end up in that situation. So when I can talk to somebody else, it reminds me of when I was there and you know what it was like. And that that also gives me a chance to tell my story and tell my, you know, be able to share my experience, strength, and hope with somebody else. So that's really, really, really important that we also keep stuff like that in mind. Patricia, you want to share about a time where you were able to advocate guess really when we did the champions of recovery video you know and I was able to you know share some of my feelings about you know what's gone on with my life and how things have affected me and the fact that I do you know have I don't I suffer from depression so I get the mental health thing so I can identify with that on on some level maybe not you know as some people have a lot worse problems than I do, but I get it. And I've been in dual diagnosis meetings where that's a big problem with people with mental health and the, the drug abuse and how they get in trouble because of that. And being able to just share any part of my story, I enjoy it. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to hide behind anything, you know, people, I mean, my, my work knows that I'm in a program. I don't hide it because... <sighs> I hid so much, you know, during my addiction, you know, if I'm living my life without any hidden factors, I feel like, you know, I, I don't have to uh, be afraid of people thinking of what people say, you know, 
they can't be surprised by anything if, if, I, if I'm already telling them everything. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. And Mr. Bill, I know you have several different occasions when you have used advocacy to, you know, stand up and, and be a voice. You, you know, and, and I was just thinking back, you know, and, and I, I have, I, I am so grateful, so privileged because I've had so many opportunities had opportunities to be at the White House. I've had opportunities to just, you know, I've spoken ARAD, spoken mental health at the Capitol, spoken, to, you know, done all of that. But, you know, as I was looking back and I was thinking about our to our trip, and as you see, when Stephen was larger, there's Stephen right there. Um, I, I was thinking back and uh, I, I look at that, I look at that picture and I look at the guy that's in the hat. And the morning that I woke up and we're going to Mental Health Day at the Capitol, and, and so, you know, there's traffic. Oh, man, it's always complicated. Atlanta traffic, which is like craziest thing. And I stopped that morning. I got up very early because I wanted to make sure that I got up early. I stopped at the Waffle House to get me something to eat. And as I was coming out, there was this guy out in front of the Waffle House and he had all of his clothes and it was cold as hell. And he had all his clothes in a big bag. He obviously had some mental health challenges. And, and, and he, 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 he was standing there when I walked into the Waffle House and I asked him, I said, dude, you want something to eat? And he said, yeah, I'll, get, I'll take some. And him and I were sitting down talking and, and he was telling me that he had just got out of jail and his, his mom, he got kicked out. And, he was homeless and he didn't have any place to go and just the whole story. And uh, he, I, I gave him my card and he said, man, I need some help now. He said, I don't have any place to go right now. And I told him, I said, well, I'm on my way to Atlanta to an event for recovery. And, you know, I got people waiting for me and I can't help you right now. And he said to me, well, take me with you. <laughs> and I said, okay, grab that shit and put it in the trunk, right? And because he had a big bag full of whatever. Anyway, and so I brought it with me, you know, and, and he was sitting there and, and he was collecting everything because they're giving away all kinds of stuff. He said he put it in the bag. But uh, <laughs> what I've realized about being able to advocate for recovery, it doesn't matter if you're doing it in front of 10,000 people. Or if it's just that one person that's in front of the Circle K or in front of the Waffle House, it doesn't matter because God is responsible for the outcomes. We're responsible for the engagement. We're responsible to represent it to its highest common denominator, to its highest level. And today, when I'm talking to you guys, when I'm talking to you guys, and, and, and I remember the the Stephen, and, and I remember, because see, I was watching y'all the day that we were doing that. The days that we were doing all that stuff, I was watching y'all, just like remembering my first day being there and then watching y'all on y'all first day being there and now watching us together now and understanding how that evolves. To me, that's what recovery looks like. That's what advocacy looks like. That's what creating the human tapestry looks like. 
that's what igniting the spark and giving it to someone else and trusting them with it because they have the ability because they've got their own spark. It's on the inside of them. And once it's lit, it can't go out. If they nurture it and, and it can't go out and it's lit off the same thing that lit mine, you know? So I think for me, watching you guys and, and watching the media you create and, and watching you, I, I, <laughs> we have several opportunities to have listened to Steven on national platforms and on a lot of different platforms, speaking his truth. You know what I'm saying? Unrestricted, unhesitant, and unrepentant. You feel me? So, and Tanisha as well. And I've got Patricia's painting hanging in my house, Recovery on Fire. So I think you guys are sterling representations of my greatest attempts at advocacy. Was just telling you, hey, y'all, come on, man, let's ride, bro. You know what I'm saying? When maybe other people couldn't see it, but I can see it and say, yeah, come on, man, let's go. We're going this way, you know? Yeah. Thank you, Fisher. I didn't even know you had all those pictures from, <laughs> from Mental Health Day. That brought back some memories because I'm going to tell you, I think I was almost in a mental health crisis on my first uh, <laughs> my first day of mental health at the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was really an experience. I went down there that year. That was my first year in the, um, in the accountability course. And I remember breaking down. I, I'm, I'm not even one to cry because I hold all my emotions in, but I broke down at the Capitol <laughs> and everybody is like looking at me and all that just because I couldn't find how to get there. <laughs> and then, I mean, so I ended up, <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. I couldn't meet everybody, but it ended up being a very, very beautiful day, man. Oh, and then I want, uh, so for me, as far as me advocating, Mr. Bill, I, I relate to what you just said about whether you're seen or not seen, because, you know, in everything that I do, I really feel like it's an assignment to just get the message out. It's about the message. It's not really about me. And so every time I'm able to do a video for Champion of Recovery, every time I'm able to do a radio show or any of that, even if it's sharing somebody else's story, you know, to me, that's advocating because to share one person's story only says that one person recovers, but to share multiple people's stories to me means we have multiple people that are recovering. So that's why I continue every day to like keep pushing more stuff out there, keep pushing more people's stories out there. I think the more people we have that we can tell their stories and share their stories with other people, the more people we can touch because I may not be able to relate to one person when I see their video, but the next person, their story may hit me head on, you know? So I think it's, it's so important for us to be able to tell our story out loud. Can I say something? Um, I just want to say something to Bill. Bill, you know, you touch a lot of people and I have somebody that is uh, 
in prison right now and he was talking to a fellow inmate and he's like going yeah you know i met this guy bill carruthers you know when i was in rockdale county jail and the guy was going yeah i know who he is but i have a letter right here for you bill that i'm supposed to give to you and it's really short but i'm going to read it to you if you don't mind and it's okay. just to show how how much you touch people and it says it says bill carruthers my name is I'm just Tommy, and I'm currently in, in prison for a parole violation. I met you uh, and Officer Kilgore when y'all came to Rockdale County Jail back in May of last year. I was inspired by what you had said, and I hope to get involved with your programs. I'll be released in March of this year, and I'll be back at Rockdale to face drug charges. Uh, he says he's 48 years old. He's battled addiction his whole life since he was 12 years old. And he's been through, you know, just the only rehab he's been through was a 28-day program. And uh, he says, I know that recovery is a lifelong process, and I know I need help. And I know my story can and will help others, and I want to be in a position to help others one day. And he wants to, uh, you know, wow. you inspired him, you know. I mean, he had a little bit, a little taste of recovery, you know, and I think we've all had a little taste in our past but it's the bigger meal that we get you know all our substance from that helps us to in our path to help others and to want to recover because you know when we're forced into things but when we're an, an opportunity to do it on our own you know that's something that we do by choice and when yes. we do choice then you know we hunger for it we want all we can get out of it and we want that change and for you to go into the jail and talk to people and to have such an impact just from one meeting you know he met you one time you know and he told me about you before I ever met you and when I saw you in my first zoom meeting I was like going I know that guy I know that name you know and it's like yeah. oh, okay and then I saw you again and then I introduced myself to you you know and then we you know we we started a rapport other than just you know you commenting on me sleeping through your meetings <laughs> <laughs> and I also tell people that you can make pretzel things like weekends yeah, yeah, yeah. you inspire people and you touch people in such a way and you know you inspire other people to want to be like you you know so when i grow up i want to be like bill carruthers okay okay well i want to be like Alicia. how about that then <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a stretch yeah. i want to say one thing too um we were talking about you know about what made us want to do this you know earlier and um you know I was out in your neck of the woods, Bill, and was down in Savannah. A friend of me had a, a seen somebody at a hotel who was actually somebody I, I met, and the guy was obviously high when I met him. But he's he he was very respectful, very you tell he had a good heart. Yes. And but he but he was high. He just got a rehab, and or actually had left rehab, and they go get high. But you know the guy was, and he was, he knew he was going back to prison, and but he wanted to do better, and he was saying that, that he wasn't raised, he wasn't raised to be that, you know, that person. He was raised better than that, and all this stuff, and he wanted to do better. He wanted to be a good person. He wanted to do things, you know, be somebody, you know, that helped other people. And the next day he OD, OD'd him. So we found out. Wow. So, so that was that was a big. Uh, it's rare, you know, you see somebody high and you still, you know, you still get a good feeling of their. You know, the heart, you know. Yes. So, but 
but I did. And I was, like I said, I really, I, I don't know. It was just, it, was, it was really sad to hear that he died the next day, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah that could be really tough. We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Rockdale Newton Chapter. NAMI Georgia is an organization of family, friends, and individuals whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge, and we offer support, education, and advocacy as we do so. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at www.namigeorgia.org. And if you are local to the Rockdale Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namirockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at NAMI Rockdale Newton. I want to go ahead and wrap everything up for the show, but I know coming up next week, we have two big days coming up. We have January 25th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We have ARAD, which is Addiction Recovery Awareness Day at the Capitol. And we also have uh, on January 26th from 10 to 12 p.m., we have Mental Health Day at the Capitol, and we have the information for both of those on our social media pages. So as we prepare for those, as we get ready for, for those big events in the recovery community, I wanna ask you all one last question, and that's basically, if you would leave a message, leave a message that you want any of the listeners to hear, what would you want your voice to say? to everyone who is listening today. I'm gonna start with you, Stephen. Just that you know, change is possible, you know, recovery is possible, and and there are people that's willing to help. There are, you know, there's programs, but not just, you know, when we think of programs, I think we think of a big, you know, almost like a business, you know, but there's, there's real people, there's real people who, who care, and there's people with the, who, who's been there and people who wanna help you. So just um, all you have to do is reach out and there'll be help, people to help pull you up. That's right. That's all. Right. Thank you, Stephen. Patricia, what would what message would you like to leave with all of the listeners and everybody who's going to, to hear your message today? Well, I'd like to say that uh, if you're out there and you are an addict, don't let your addiction define you, that uh, you can, there is help out there, you know, and if you want it, all you have to do is reach out and uh, get it because you don't have to be an addict all your life. You can recover. We've, we've recovered, you know, and that Brockdale County is doing great things in recovery. Cause I remember when I was looking for recovery, I had a hard time finding a place, but now there's so much more out there. And all you have to do is reach out and ask for it and you can get it just like I did. Yes. Thank you for that, Patricia. Mr. Bill, what would you like to leave with the listeners? You know, I, I think to piggyback off of what Patricia said, um, you, you don't have to let your addiction kill you either. Uh, 
there is a new way of life and it's not microwavable, but it's realistic and it's obtainable. And a lot of us are living it. And it's what people really, really want. And, and be brave enough to try it. Be brave enough to try it. Find, find your tribe and try it. And it, it can work. It can work. And, and you don't get here if you keep quitting and going backwards. You don't get forwards by going backwards. You go, you get forwards by moving forward. And, and even if you fall, we fall down, we get back up, you know, and, and, you know, I'm just grateful, thankful, and truly humbled. It's a humbling experience to be here with y'all today. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, and if I had a message to leave, it would basically be, don't count me out. Don't write me off. We do recover. And I choose every day to continue to recover. I, I choose every day to continue on my path of recovery because recovery is real. And I, I truly believe that recovery is not just for people with substance use and uh, mental health challenges. I think that recovery is for everyone. I, I believe that anyone listening, whether you struggle with substance use or mental health, there's something that you could do to get better, whether it's with um, some of the thoughts in your head, whether it's, you know, some of your behaviors and attitudes and things like that. Recovery is about becoming well and learning to become the best you that you can be. So I do invite everybody to recovery. And with that being said, I want to go ahead and invite every one of our listeners to stay connected with us. You can stay connected with us by visiting our website. Our website is rockdalesteppingup.com. If you go to the bottom of that page, there is a stay connected tab. If you click on the stay connected tab, that will take you to a library of our monthly newsletters, which includes a message from Commissioner Doreen Williams. And it also highlights a champion of recovery that we have chosen for the month. We also have several different recovery resources in there. We also have links to our social media pages. We would like for you to follow all of our social media pages. We are under Grit and Grace RCO on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, if you want to keep hearing these messages, the ones just like you just heard today, we are broadcast on Cat 10 ENT on the His Hop Network on Wednesdays at 12 noon and Thursdays at 1 p.m. And if you cannot listen at those times, you can listen at your convenience on our podcast. We are on seven different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, one last thing, we have created something called The Community. It's a Facebook group just for our listeners, for our Recovery Hour listeners, and a community for you all as people in recovery. Come join our community and keep coming back as always. Thank you all for joining us on the show, Stephen and Patricia. Um, Thanks. All right, goodbye y'all. We will be back next week. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Grit and Grace Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO, or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.